This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the southernmost point of Dorne to the lands of always winter and what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east, even if those shadows are coming to us from Mordor, this is Casterly Talk. I'm Ken Napsuk, happy to be joined by Alden Diaz. Alden, hello. How are you, my friend? Doing better now after those Mordor R's. Mordor. That's why I'm here, really, is just to say fun things. <laughs> that's that's uh, why. Fun made-up things. I've done well, and I'm excited. And again, I say this every week, it's never felt more real than it does now. And now we're even closer, so it feels more real. Look, if you're like me, and I know Alden, you weren't, a lonely kid who was a nerd in the 80s, you've got <laughs> Andor, Rings of Power, Bad Batch on the way, a light and magic documentary to watch this weekend, and House of the Dragon. Oh my gosh, I feel like that little kid who was bullied in 1983 is finally, finally getting his due, not counting the last decade, of course. You won. In the end, it came back around. It was the long con, but you won. There you go. People in chat, we are live. If you're listening to the podcast later, thank you. We're still mostly a podcast. We're building up the YouTube channel, but we are live here on YouTube. And I love seeing comments from one of our faithful listeners, Ranger Donald. Trey T is here. Bill Bro Baggins is, is rolling those R's as well, saying Mordor with me. Lord Roma's here. We got Haunted Autumn here as well. Uh, yes, and uh, no super chats. Uh, uh, Autumn's asking that question. Fair question. We appreciate people who want a super chat. We are just launching this YouTube channel side of Castly Talk. Castly Talk has been a podcast since about 2018 when it was called Daily Thrones. Uh, we have uh, transitioned to this. So if you want to support the show, do have a QR code up. If you're watching on your laptop and you can snap that, that uh, is uh, a donation spot for the show. But for the most part, we're just hanging out live with you all here today. We're going to ask questions. We got answers. We got special guests here in a second. Also, I want to let you all know, I uh, you know, I, you know, I, I'm sometimes an old dog who, who takes a uh, uh, time to adjust. I told myself, you know, I'm not going to do a Twitter page just for this. I don't even have a TikTok page yet for Casually Talk. Alden's trying to pressure me into that, uh, and he'll probably win. But we do officially have a Twitter page. It is simply at Casterly Talk. If you want to tweet uh, us there, follow, use, your, use the hashtag Casterly Talk, all that stuff, uh, you can go there as well. But enough about me, uh, enough about you, Alden. You haven't even had a chance to talk yet. We've got some special guests. Let's get right to them tonight. Alden, who do we have here tonight? Well, I thought to myself, who would, who's good at explaining? And I figure if you can explain one thing, you could probably explain a bunch more things. So we decided to bring on both members 
of Star Wars Explained. Molly and Alex Damon. Molly also, of course, from the A Certain Point of View podcast. And uh, we brought them in. Look how zen he is. He's so ready. <laughs> He's uh, ready to explain literally everything to you <laughs> yeah. but, but about other things not about this alex looks like he's about ready to answer a trivia trivia this, question this is andor right yes we're talking andor yes yes <laughs> yes <laughs> we all got the screeners uh they say oh, man i wish uh, yeah I, all right <laughs> no <laughs> yeah i do want to say don't make me roll my r's i can't do it uh Aww. i was so jealous yeah molly knows i can't do it i have the worst tarkin impression uh, it really bums me out. So <laughs> oh, stop showing off, man. Mm. See, yeah. this is. I think our goal at the end of the show is to get uh, Alex to try to roll those R's uh, just once. There, uh, yeah, yeah. I learned from two years of high school Spanish to at least try to get close on the R's. I don't get too close, but I get close enough. I think. Uh, so happy to have both of you here. Yes, no secret. We love talking Star Wars with both of you, whether it be on Force Center, Star Wars Explains YouTube channel. We, uh, Joseph and I love popping over there. Of course, Octo Radio with Alden and his Star Wars podcast world. Uh, but I know you all have other interests, believe it or not. And this kind of uh, emerged over the last couple of days with some text. I was teasing Molly. I was teasing Molly about her apprehension <laughs> for House of the Dragon. We'll get to get that in a second. But Molly, you're really excited about Rings of Power, yeah? Yeah, I, I am deeply intrigued by just the whole world of Lord of the Rings and Tolkien. Haven't read the books. I, I struggle to keep up with all the names and, mm-hmm. and you know, all the, the places and the things. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things that, like, it feels good to, like, settle into the world of Lord of the Rings because it's, it's so massive. So it's very much like Star Wars in that way. So I think that's why I'm so drawn to it. Yeah, look, I'm with you, too. I, I'm, I, I own a copy of the books. I've thumbed, thumb, th- uh, thumbed through it. And I know that's sacrilegious in some parts, but I, my interests were always in other areas. Star Wars, of course, but then movies, uh, Jackson's movies come out. And yes, I know Tom Bombadil, no, nowhere to be found. I get it. My, my old boss used to yell at me, you can't like those movies. They ruined them. They ruined the books. I got it. But those movies move me beyond belief. And Molly, I got to imagine you're in that category where you, you're inspired. You're, you're pulled in. Like you said, it's this wonderful world to play around in. Yeah, and I I can't believe we're getting to explore a whole other age of of this world right now. <laughs> that of which I don't know much about, but I'm excited to learn. Alden, do you think uh, we have someone else here who who claims to know every minutia of knowledge in the second age? Well, I think we're doing we're the three of us. Alex aside, are doing a great job of lowering that bar right now. So I feel like even if he even if he doesn't know everything, he's still gonna look like he does, which is the key. Because Molly said, "I don't really, you know, I have trouble with the the people, the places, and like some of the things which are nouns." <laughs> Yeah. What you're saying yeah. is that you have trouble with the nouns. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I joke. But yeah, Alex, uh, carry us, please. Oh, I'm not going to do a good job of that. I, I promise. Um, I love Middle Earth. A- after Star Wars, I think Lord of the Rings mm. was my other obsession. Like it, it pushed Star Wars to the side yeah. for a little while for me while I was growing up. And it was, you know, the prequels were coming out and uh, it, it was competitive, I feel like. It was a good time, but I think I leaned more towards Lord of the Rings in those days because it was something new to me. Um, And I really fell into the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit books. I am rereading the Silmarillion right now. Mm-hmm. And good luck. God, Molly is right. Like yeah. Molly <laughs> asked me to read it to her. Uh, I was like, we read, read to- me it just like a little <laughs> bit out loud of what you're reading right now. And I was like, is that the Bible? 
What, what is it, it unironically so reads that way? It just it, does. I think Tolkien I, wanted it yeah. to be. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he wanted. He wanted to write his Middle Earth Bible. Yeah, because uh, the the man can write a normal story. The Hobbit, Lord yeah. of the Rings, like those are stories. Yeah, the Silmarillion yeah. is a history book. It's a Bible, and it's so much of that. It's just a bunch of names of like. This guy is named this in English, this in Elvish. This is what the Valar called him, and this, mm-hmm. like I, yeah. I can't keep this all straight. It's, it's so like all hard. Gandalf. It's like is he Mithrandir? Is he Gandalf? Is he Stormcrow? Is he well, Lauren? Or yeah. it, once I started to find that stuff out, because I think the you know I, I was you know a little bit younger than you were, but the the whole idea of the Lord of the Rings seemed older when the Star Wars prequels were coming out. Yeah, it was like oh my. Yeah my mom's friends know about like return of the king. So it just felt like you sort of wanted to rise up to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I agree with the haunted autumn here in the chat there, Uh, whatever the Jackson LOTR films did or did not do for the Lord. They were one of the few modern examples of true cinema magic. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, One of the reasons uh, I was pulled in from this world uh, at a time when I was, you know, into Star Wars to the point where I, I've said on Force Center a lot, I, I can sometimes get defensive about other things. Like, I still haven't seen the, the Matrix series at all because I was like, people were comparing it to Star Wars and I was not going to have it. So when Lord of the Rings <laughs> came about, I had that attitude too. And that's not a good attitude to have, by the way. So I was pulled in. Alex, did you ever feel, because I'm with you at one point, at one point for like one year, Robotech was more popular in my heart than Star Wars. Did you feel that you were uh, cheating on Star Wars or cheating on Lord of the Rings uh, in, you know, before you became a professional Star Wars uh, explainer, uh, did uh, did you feel a look across the room and be like, "I miss you, LOTR," or "I miss you, Star Wars"? Uh, I, I don't think I felt like I was cheating on Star Wars back in two thousand one when they were coming out. Like I was just it, kind of the same thing. My dad introduced me to Star Wars, and then these movies were coming out, and he introduced me to Lord of the Rings, and he gave me his like second edition original books. Uh, and I just I, I read them every year before every new movie came out, uh, and I just loved them so much. So I honestly I wasn't even thinking about Star Wars for except for when the new movies came out. So yeah. I guess Attack of the Clones was the only one that came out in the middle of a Star War or a yeah. Lord of the Rings coming out. Right. And then when Revenge of the Sith was back around, like I was back into Star Wars. So there was there just go. those three years where <laughs> I was all about Lord of the Rings. And uh, I don't want to, Bill Bro Baggins, no shade to the Silmarillion. I'm just saying it's hard to read. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's, 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 I, I stand in awe of the Silmarillion. It impresses yeah. me more than I think I get it. Um, and it's, it's funny because it's two diehard Tolkien fans. I'm sure they feel the same way about like Wikipedia. Like you try to explain what the Mandalorian Wars were. I'm sure they feel the same way, but it's like when you start to really unpack that stuff, it's like, how many times did he go to Dol Guldur? I thought it was one time, but now he's back there. He seems to go to the same places a lot. Like, it's just very, very detailed. And I will just say the healthiest way to approach this problem that you're describing, Ken, yeah. is to be in an open, polyamorous thing with <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. Sometimes Star Wars and I, you know, we explore. Yeah. Sometimes Star Wars does things that even are not for me. 
Yeah. We come back to each other, and that's hey, that's what's healthy. You set healthy boundaries in your relationship, and you can go a lot of different spots. That's what we're saying here. You don't have to choose just one here. We are going to get mm-hmm. into a little bit of the Comic-Con wrap-up, uh, talk about that full Rings of Power trailer. Uh, I want to get to that. But before we do that, before we jump into the Comic-Con stuff, and Alton and I will, will take us in that conversation direction there, I do want to ask you, Alex and Molly, uh, and I guess – you know, particularly Alex here, being a, a, a big Tolkien nut that you are, uh, like a lot of people watching, uh, this series, I today, more than anything, was not studying up on characters, names, and themes, what we love to discuss here at Cash Talk. I was studying up on the legal battle to just get this show mm. made and the rights because mm. I've been kind of uh, confused and, and, and not paying attention to it. Uh, do you have any trepidation about what's coming down the line, Alex or Molly, based on, hey, we kind of got the rights here. We can touch upon things. A lot of it is open space to play with here in the Second Age. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, that heading into the show? Yeah, I I didn't realize that all this stuff until today I was reading more about it and the fact that they only got rights to like certain parts of the history, certain parts of the Silmarillion bits and pieces. So I I don't know how that's going to go. I I trust that there's enough uh, smart people involved in this and and enough money going into it that oh, there's it'll, it'll be great. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's it really interesting cuz I didn't know that until today. Yeah, no, I, I forgot Alex. about that. Yeah, yeah, good. That, that's, I think that's good. I, I do remember it now, but uh, but I'm curious because looking in those trailers, I'm like, well, they're definitely showing some stuff that's in the Silmarillion. It's yeah. like really, it's in that nebulous sort of, it, it fascinates me too. Like, Ken, I share that interest of like, the behind the scenes stuff is not the story. It's its own story and it's yeah. exciting in its own way. So like I, I did the breakdown recently of how the Henson rights work Yeah, that, Kermit cannot be on Sesame Street because those are two different rights packages. And then all the Henson originals like Dark Crystal are a different rights package. And then uh, Marvel did the twins trade where it's like you get Wanda and we get Quicksilver, but you can have a Quicksilver, but he has to die by the end of the movie. Like all of these weird things. I mean, that's why Kelvin Trek exists. Yeah. So I'm, that excites me of like, how can you outlawyer these people creatively? It's it, uh, it, a fun challenge. It sounds like what you're describing is me trading baseball cards in the 80s. Like, I'll give you a, yeah. a Vince Coleman yeah. and a George Brett for an Eric Davis. That's exactly what my uh, elementary school days. Sounds like a bad trade. It, it, uh, yeah, at the time. I know who those trade. people are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I only bring it up. It's, it's fascinating. It's different. You know, for Star Wars fans, I don't know. I guess it's like, hey, we're going to do a Knights of the Old Republic series. You just can't mention Jedi. You can mention Sith, but, you know, and and that's kind of a general, simple way to look at it. It's fascinating. But the thing I I say before we go into some details here, Alden's got some great themes picked out. We're going to talk about that stuff in the trailer. I just just hope people can watch the show with a a total open heart. This is something that uh, Alex and Molly, we deal in the Star Wars world a lot, where, yes, we love our canon. We love our Star Wars Explained videos, but we also love what everything is about and the whys behind it. And I just hope that doesn't hinder people enjoying what they've cooked up for this, uh, what looks to be a five-year run of, of what we hope is an amazing show, you know? Uh, Alex, uh, yeah. do you share those same trepidations working in Star Wars canon as you do? Yeah, I already know. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some <laughs> discussions, and I'm not even, like, heavily involved in the Lord of the Rings fandom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen some people uh, talking about how, you know, characters aren't really where they should be in the timeline, and it sounds like they're taking... Um, you know, we're not going to know for sure until the show comes out, but it sounds like they're taking hundreds or thousands of years of history and kind of mushing it all together just to tell a cohesive story. Yeah. Condensing and so, it. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and to me, like, I wouldn't have known. I, and yeah. even if I read the Silmarillion again, I don't think I would have noticed. Yeah. Uh, die Hard uh, Middle Earth fans are going to notice, and they might be mad about it. But I, I think 90% of the people who watch this show are just going to be in for the ride. Yeah. I'm excited to just get this told as a story yeah. and not as a history book. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand yeah. the the idea of condensing some of that stuff in, especially to draw in people that know vaguely about Lord of the Rings for them to condense some of this earlier stuff and find a way to connect it to what people know from Peter Jackson's movies. Right. You know, that's going to bring in a big part of the audience. Which are not paragons of adaptation. They get remembered as being perfect. And I think that they are three perfect films. But I remember, you know, some of my, I think my uncle, some other people I knew, like in the geek space, would say things like, well, you know, Frodo and Sam never went to Osgiliath in the books before I had read them. Yeah. And it's like, but Osgiliath has the Sam and Frodo, like, heart to heart. That is the key, the key of their two man journey, their arc, their romance. And, to, to not have that shocks me. And that was a change that people would blast Peter for today. So I think mm-hmm. that that perspective is like really important. Like yeah. The I, Bombadil stuff, if that was now not having him, oh, it would have been death to Peter. 100%. Oh, it, it was then too. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Those talks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. look. Hey, look. I, uh, my friends say all the time, you know, the elves don't show up at the battle in two towers. And I go, well, they should have. Because they did, and it's yeah. great. You're um, telling me when they show up and yeah, you get yeah. that moment of them all going to attention, it's not the coolest oh, yeah. thing you've ever seen? Come on. <laughs> we, give me more Haldir. Yeah, yeah, we're here to honor that agreement. Ah, oh, God, nerd chills. But, hey, let's get to what we got to watch at Comic-Con. Well, you guys probably, you all three uh, didn't attend Comic-Con. I was in San Diego. I didn't watch much. I had more white wine than I planned and a lot of other drinks and fun doing comedy down there with Mark (laughs) Ellis. So I didn't even see the full trailer until a couple days later after I woke up. Uh, You guys got to watch it. We all got to watch it. I've seen it now. Alden, uh, let's start this conversation here. Uh, Your reaction to the the big picture stuff here in the trailer, what it did for you, then we'll go to Alex and Molly here. Well, the second it dropped and it was this full trailer, I thought to myself, oh, that's why it was called main teaser last week. Because I thought that was so weird, thinking, oh, this is a full trailer, but still calling it a teaser, whatever. And then they added another minute. So that was exciting to get three minutes. It had a lot of new. I think it's really sweeping. I think that Morphid Clark as Galadriel is just a division. I love her. And that's big shoes to fill. Um, Thrilling, thrilling trailer, gorgeous, and uh, really excited Yeah, I I agree with you there. I think it did what it needed to do. This might have been the best-looking one yet. And look, I think the designs have been good so far. You got John Howe involved, a lot of people, uh, you know, from uh, Weta Weta itself working on it. So it's going to look like it. I think it always has. But this this trailer had the biggest feel yet. Uh, Molly, your thoughts overall on this trailer? And and, uh, did it uh, get you geeked up for some Rings of Power? It absolutely did. I mean, uh, a lot of... The stuff I liked about it, it's the same. Like, just how everything looks, it just looks so awesome. The cinematography looks great. Uh, it it just looks real to me. It doesn't look like, I don't know, we, we talk sometimes about how you can really see the volume in Star Wars. Yeah. You don't get that with these Still going to big... bring up Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that with these, like, big sweeping shots of this, like, crazy looking world um and getting to see galadriel when she was like a true warrior is just chef's kiss for me like it it just looks amazing 
Yeah, as Ranger Donald said here in the chat, the money shows. Yeah, uh, I I yeah. totally agree with that. There, yeah, Bezos is a big fan of this world, and we can look. He's he's at a He's a character. He's a villain sometimes in a lot of stories. He's taken his uh, space cock rocket up to up to the clouds. I get it, but uh, <laughs> you know he wants to wants this to uh, to be out here. Wants it to be big and mil- uh, one billion or so over five seasons. Uh, I, I had a little early on when some of the shots are coming out. I was like, okay, okay. I hope this looks bigger. And this I, I keep using that word bigger because that's all that was in my mind once I sobered up and watched it. Alex, uh, when you saw the trailer, did you want to break it down and put it into a can? in timeline uh i I wish i could have like it 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 took me back to the fellowship of the ring trailer and just being like okay i kind of know that what's that though and what's that or like that looks familiar i think i read about that once and it's what made me want to uh start reading the silmarillion again to to feel prepared for it not even that so much as just like i'm excited yeah and i i feel like i'm just spinning my wheels here so i'm like let's just read the book again We'll we'll probably try to watch Lord of the Rings again just because I'm I'm so ready to yeah. get back into Middle Earth, and yeah. also obviously the Balrog was huge yeah. at the mm-hmm. very end, but the fact that it was matching the the Peter Jackson design that hyped me up a lot. Just that it's mm-hmm. going to feel cohesive, even if it isn't mm-hmm. really legally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like getting to see a lot of little things pop up in the final trailer that I recognize, like a Balrog and uh, the Palantir globe thingy and Moria, mm-hmm. like Moria at its mm-hmm. at its height, like when it was the best of the best, you know. It was even like a similar grip, too, that she had to do on the yeah. Palantir to like yeah. Christopher Lee. I was like... Ooh, Palantir uh, hand hand just, motions. Are the you same. gotta just kind of yeah. You kind of you can't casually. No. You cannot casually look into the Palantir. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're Aragorn, you have to pull out your entire sword and <laughs> shove it at the Palantir. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. mean, I think you know, touching off that Balrog point, the last thing I sent to Ken today was the Balrog. That's it, just the Balrog. <laughs> and I attached the video of the grandma going. <laughs> nope, yep. here comes the Balrog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> old, old, old man me not spend a lot of time on TikTok. I had first time I seen it. I it, I giggled. I, I knew giggled that if joy. I just said here comes the Balrog, you I would need to explain it anyway, so I just did it Good in job. advance. You gotta know who yeah. you're working with. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, that I've seen already speculation like, oh, did they did they cut a deal to get some of the designs? And it's like, I don't know. But to feel like this is not a prequel to fellowship but it can be spiritually like you're gonna watch Kate Blanchett now and think about the things you saw her do here even if they're not in the same canon it's like like you guys say on force center emotional canon and that can come from a design like maybe somebody could really break down how the Barog doesn't look identical and that's cool but I, I like it living in the same language I mean there's gonna come to a point in this show who knows what season it'll be out of the five where we're going to see the one ring and it's not going to be exactly the one ring that has existed for all of our lives. Uh, not, on, not, those, not the on one that's rings. like existed in hot topic to buy. No, could be something different. Don't uh, make fun of me. You know, I was there buying it. <laughs> oh, come on. What that was think? a shot. Wait, no. Look, at, look I, I just recently got this as a, and a gift. Uh, I mean, people still know me and come on, you know, um, yeah. look and talking about the, the ball rug. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a wonderful point. And we uh, highlight of, of the trailer, but yeah, we can make all the points we want about lawyers and rooms, but once it's on screen, Alex, you're right. You just want to pull open books or maps or, or watch videos, uh, you know, but watching uh, nerd of the rings and, and he's got some great videos explaining some of the 
lore and stuff that I I want to catch up on or get to know more of. You just want to you just want to go in the world, and it could be as simple as this uh, demon from the depths uh, showing up to uh, bring you back to that place you're familiar with. You know, Alex. I have a I have yeah, a lore ish question is that supposed do we know if that's the same balrog or if that's a different one because i saw people talking about the yeah, horns no. looking a little different oh yeah I, he doesn't have wings it's his cousin pete they hung out <laughs> together yeah they went to art school yeah. together now they're a different uh, depths i think it's supposed to be the same one because there were many balrogs back in the day but it, it showed that leaf and it looked like it was in moria like we saw mm-hmm. veins of mithril mm-hmm. And then it lands and catches on fire. So I assumed that's them delving too greedily and too deep mm. and awakening something. Yeah. Which is shocking because, like, out of all of the key, you know, put it in Star Wars terms, your Yavin level events, that's one of them that everyone knows, talks about. The characters have lingering fear because of it when Kaza Doom fell. It's like, you're going to put that in the first season? That's really intriguing. Yeah. yeah, and I don't, I don't really remember if all the dwarves knew what happened, or if if Kaza Doom just gets wiped out, and everyone's like, "Where'd everyone go?" And then thousands of years later, Balin's like, "I'm gonna go back in there and try to take it back." Or no, it wasn't even that. They they inhabited Moria before yeah, that. Yeah, the uh, well, at least in the Jack again, it's like what's book lore and what's in the Hobbit. Like in the, in the Hobbit, Thorin and them go to try to take Moria. Yeah. And that's yeah. when Oakenshield happens. Right? Yeah, but, yeah. So yeah, uh, say so, I'm I'm rusty, but yeah, no, no, I, no. I'm excited. Like Molly said, to see Moria at its height. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm a sucker for seeing ruins in their heyday, and vice versa. Seeing something that was at its height and then yeah. jump a thousand years in the future and see it There's, all terrible. Jumping a little for a second to House of the Dragon, I was really excited to see a fully functional domed dragon pit. The the one that yeah. we pretty much end the Game of Thrones season eight in. I, I'm with you, Alex. It's like maps and ruins, or or playing or or looking at old uh, photos of uh, you know San Diego in 1901, where you're like, oh yeah, I've crossed that street. It's the same street. It's I don't know. I, I'm with you, and and that's why it's these, really satisfying. Yeah, There's but that's something why these, weirdly satisfying these worlds and the, and the Tolkien's and the George R.R.'s who put together, and yes, George too, Lucas, but like. Uh, particularly these two worlds where you can feel that and you can feel that in, in the designs and what you're seeing. So I totally will get you geeked up. Any special moments from the trailers, Alex and Molly, that you want to talk about? We mentioned the ball rock, but anything else kind of get you in this trailer? Um, I mean, whoever the, the like shaved head bleach hair person is, I don't know if that's supposed to be Sauron or if it's like some, crazy magical priestess person but i'm i'm digging the look and i i want to know more is that the one that you tweeted you wanted to cosplay as is that what i saw you tweeted? <laughs> yeah i was like okay i'm gonna shave my head that's yep. that's, that's that that's fair um, <laughs> support it yeah this is it. this is part of the big speculation around it alden and i were talking off air we want to make sure we don't go too far down prediction paths and and the many names and forms of sauron and uh, all that kind of stuff but alex uh mm-hmm. your thoughts on that moment too and what it might mean for the show I'm assuming that's Sauron for now in like his, uh, hey, I'm just a chill, cool guy who knows how to make rings state. Oh, yeah. He uh, looks real chill. He looks really <laughs> chill. Well, he's not smiling, you know. He, yeah. He's he's doing that for the sake of the audience. But when he shows up to the elves, he's yeah. friendly. I don't yeah. know, that, that's how I'm seeing it's it. It's a fair version um, of him. I understand. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I also really liked when we saw, again, it, I don't know if it was Sauron, but when that old man was scaring that poor child. Like, do you yeah. know the name Sauron? And then, yeah. like, 
the the claws come yeah, out, or, the yeah. armored claws. Was, all that's that is cool. that's the yeah. same child that looks looks to have a Morgul blade. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that that's a Morgul blade. They've made theirs way more fantasy and metal looking than we're used to from the Jackson films. But and he's got like a mark on his arm. It's not the mark of Sauron, but he has like some kind of yeah. mark mm. there. Marks aren't good in these shows. Marks aren't necessarily good in these shows. Yeah, and uh, Robert and uh, Bilbo Reckons is coming in with some uh, uh, theories, too. Yeah, look, the theories are fun. They're certainly not uh, everything. We love exploring the themes more than anything around here. But at this point, this is part of the joy. You're seeing it. You're seeing, uh, you know, what Molly wants to dress like for Halloween. And you're like, that could be an evil person. And uh, we're on board for it. So I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I know that it's... uh can't believe I have to say this. I know it's a very controversial hot button issue seeing uh, people with short hair in this era. Lots of people angry at Elrond and Celebrimbor having short hair. Yeah. Lots of people also angry at uh, Slim Sauron or Sauron Shady, depending on which uh, <laughs> which version you want to go with. And uh, you can't hurt me because I like Eminem too, internet. Ha! Uh, but it's it's interesting to see. Like I was telling Ken off air, like his fair form is supposed to be Anatar. This actor is apparently not credited with that name, so who knows? Maybe they're like, let's make up some other forms. We'll cast 20 hot young people, <laughs> and he'll just, you know, we've got five seasons to fill. It, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's exciting. Yeah. The, uh, bringing up the Meteor Man, uh, that made me think of the the part in the trailer where you, like, see, like, a bird's eye view of him and, like, all the fire, yeah, and it kind of, yeah. like, there's a there's a circle there, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like the ring, but then you see, like, it kind of looks like the eye, oh, too. Oh, it definitely looks like the eye. Where he's sitting. Yeah. The eye like, almost that's forms in a- scratches, too, yeah. on the trailer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's um, a nice touch. To have the eye in other forms is, is a similar challenge to that ring. Like, there are some things where everyone knows exactly what it's supposed to be. I mean, we see shots of Elendil across this trailer and the previous ones, but like Elendil carries Narsil. Like, how do you reinterpret Narsil? How do you reinterpret the eye? It's it's really interesting and yeah. and fun. I, I like that we're able to say, yeah. well, that's that person's version of it. Like, I grew up reading comics, so like I'm used to the artist changing, and yeah. I think that that's sort of change your brain a little bit that's a great point we're talking about uh moments we love from this trailer here but i want to address uh, big lou's uh uh comment here big lou's clubhouse great youtube channel if you need help on building things uh uh big lou i uh, sorry big lou i didn't have my shirt this time he says i'm still confused the exact time from the show and look uh, we want to set the tone right here right now for casually talk uh we are we want to be able to enjoy uh the the uh, audience members of all levels and and lou this is an important question it is about a thousand years it's the second age third age Alex, run run through a little bit of the, the timeline. We know the con- events might be condensed, but timeline to what a lot of the general public knows. Okay, so, yeah, there's four ages of Middle-earth. The the one that we mostly know that the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit take place in is the, the third age. The show is going to take place in the second age, and then the first age is kind of like creation, the reign of uh, Melkor, who was the first Dark Lord. I think in one of the trailers, Galadriel says something like, the enemy is still out there. Yeah. Uh, Elrond is like, the fight is over. They're, they're referring more to Melkor, but Sauron was one of his, uh, or was his chief lieutenant. And so Sauron is still alive and around. I think he is supposed to be imprisoned somewhere, but he comes back in the second age. Uh, and Molly and I were talking about this. I think it's interesting that it's like the opposite of power creep, mm-hmm. which, you know, most franchises, you fight uh, uh, like a foot soldier, 
and then you fight someone stronger and someone stronger yeah. and every season everything gets worse but this is like no the elves took care of the big bad mm-hmm. in the first age and now we're dealing with the step down um it's a great point there's a lot of original sin type myth stuff going on like whether that's like kin slayings whatever that vision she has in the second mm-hmm. trailer um but that's a great point too i mean in my mind like you were talking because it's impossible for the four of us to not think of star wars it's as if palpatine was defeated in new hope and then vader took the top spot yeah. for two more movies mm-hmm. um like if vader never came back to the light and actually got the chair yeah. <laughs> like that that would be what sauron is sauron is an opportunist who fell to the dark and then it's like haha okay i'll hide until next time haha again like he he's just constantly trying a lot of the same things too yeah um which is well, why I, it's like sad sort of to see all these nice characters get yeah I'm, I'm i'm keeping my eye on chat to see if bill bro baggins chimes in but i we were talking about maybe it's because you know the elves are a lot stronger mm-hmm. than men and so it's kind of like they took care of the big bad but we had to tolkien had to make the enemy weaker because in the third age the elves are leaving they're mostly gone and so now we need a villain that yeah. men and uh hobbits can defeat yeah because as we know who will you turn to the dwarves they care for nothing that's right <laughs> uh, that's right dwarf uh, shade Tolkien talks about the long defeats as bill bro baggins is interesting to apply that to the thought of morgoth and sauron so there you yeah go. i mean Some that I, that's i guess to apply that to star wars as well just the idea that you know you beat the empire but evil still remains the first order can come back if you're not diligent I, I, uh, look look at this. Alex is leading us into some theme talks. We're, we're almost mm-hmm. there. There, Evil does not sleep is one of the quotes <laughs> that jumped out at me. I, I love a lot of the big quotes. And, and uh, Robert Meadows, I'll bring that up again if you're watching live on YouTube, says, find the light and the shadow will not find you. Favorite quote from the trailer, very Star Wars 2. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is one of the things Alden and I have been talking about here when it comes to uh, Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings, that world. It is a uh, more optimistic tone. That's what even the showrunners have talked about. Uh, this is, mm-hmm. uh, they use that family-friendly term, but uh, Star Wars is not unlike that, of course. And we love dealing with that. We love the reality, those complicated gray areas that Game of Thrones and the World of Ice and Fire talks about. I always say that world, World of Ice and Fire, looks at the world as it is, where something like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings looks at what could be, and there's great power and hope in that there. So are you, Alex and Molly, are you uh, connecting? Are you ready to connect with those themes that also might be similar to what we discuss every week in Star Wars? How do you feel about the tone that the show's trying to set here alex yeah i mean that's your fault partially uh all all you pete you and joseph and alden and your stupid twitter threads that i like Mm. i'm constantly thinking about uh that kind of stuff i'm gonna clip that out as an endorsement by (laughs) 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 oh here comes another one sit there and scroll through yeah it's pretty good (laughs) but yes it's awesome to do what we do but then have have the ability to like once this show comes out to watch it and then go listen to other people who are like much more knowledgeable talk about it and break down the themes and then you're like oh yeah this this relates totally to what we talk about all the time over here in star wars 
Yeah, no, even watching, uh, I was reading some of the quotes about Peter Jackson, because about 2018, 2019, there were some thoughts that there would be a direct uh, continuation or connection to his world, and there was some consulting going to happen, and then, no, that's not the case, blah, blah, blah. We, we've discussed that stuff already. But Jackson's even saying, I'm looking forward to watching this as a Tolkien fan, because I didn't really get mm -hmm. to watch my movies. I was making them, I was in them, and I could never see it uh, uh, any other way. So, uh, for us... Smaller scale, we didn't make the Lord of the Rings trilogies here, but as, as Star Wars uh, podcasters and pundits and, and authors, it is fun to just, I'm going to have a little bit of a generation removed, going to watch this with my heart, watch with my eyes, and not worry about uh, some of the other big stuff. We are going to cover it here on the channel, but I'm going to look at it in a different way. I don't know if I, I'm the only one who feels the relief from that, Alden. No, I definitely feel the relief from that. I mean, like you joked there, we didn't make Lord of the Rings. What what did I make? I made Lord of the Rings online characters, uh, and that was enough for me. Yeah. And that level of fun of I get to walk around this place again. I get to yep. see the even small things that are just fan things that will mean more later, like the Harfoots yep. being proto-hobbits, founding the Shire. It's like I want to see them dig those hobbit holes. Like that stuff is so satisfying to me. Yeah. We talked about like Casa Doom seeing something in its former glory. Uh, they got the Battle of Jeddah audiobook coming out on the Star Wars side. It's like I want to see that statue fall. Yeah, even though it's going to be sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that type of stuff is just it. It is a, a less pressure scenario, but to dig in uh, and to have more to tweet about. That's that's important to me. <laughs> yeah, fodder. <laughs> We even got Sean Sullivan excited. If you can get Sully excited, you, you've won the day. Molly, I, I definitely want to kick it to you there about that theme kind of thing and, and the tone. Uh, and, and from you, you and I are kind of watching the show in the same spot. Know the world, love the world, don't know every detail. Uh, are, are you ready for what's coming down the line in terms of this big battle between good and life, light and the uh, bad, uh, dark and, good and bad, dark and light is what I'm trying to say? And how are you feeling about that going in? Yeah, I mean, that's that's just good storytelling at the most basic level, right? The, the fight between good and bad. Um, but I was going to say one of my favorite parts about Fellowship of the Ring is like how the movie starts by like going into all this history, this like in oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. intensely rich history. And like we're probably going to get a lot of that again here where they're like explaining stuff from the first age and, you know, going more further back into the history of this world. And that's something that I'm really, really excited to, to learn more about. And it looks like we'll be getting, you know, flashbacks and flash forwards of battles mm -hmm. to come yeah. and things like that. So being able to kind of like piece this world together from what I already know and what I'm going to learn in this show is exciting to me. Love and that's that. the fun part of prequel storytelling, right? Like, cause you, we experience it obviously with Star Wars right now. Better Call Saul is rocking my world every week, and that's a prequel to a new uh, and a sequel. Um, and but you find sort of yourself looking at like Isildur in the show as a young sailor, but we know that the looming destiny is to fail, is to succeed in one way, but then set up the next generation for failure by falling and not finishing the job. We know that Elrond will lose faith at least mostly, in men. We know Galadriel, the man-maiden, as, as her mother called her, uh, will end up kind of a recluse. It's, it's, there's a tragedy hanging over it, like, even, if it's, even if it's good and exciting. Yeah, Alex, you were going to say? Oh, yeah, Molly talking about uh, the prequels and stuff, and I, I think that there's probably going to be a prologue like uh, Lord of the Rings starts with. I think that'd mm -hmm. be really neat. But I just was kind of wondering, we were talking about how this show might condense history. 
Um, but it could do what like the Book of Boba Fett and lots of other shows have done recently. We could do a lot of flashing back and forth. Mm. I think that would be really hard to follow, but I wonder if some of these characters who aren't supposed to be around until <laughs> after the rings are forged... Yeah. Maybe they really won't be, but yeah. we're going to see kind of. Mm. A I lot love of... the idea. I love it. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't chuckle no, at right. the idea. I just chuckled thinking about the internet if they tried it. Uh, <laughs> just because, like you, you mentioned, Book of Boba Fett. It's like people couldn't handle that, uh, and so it's like what's good. Like I think about like the the Greta Gerwig Little Women. Mm. She only indicates what time you're in by the warmth of the colors, right? And how right. even that threw people. Mm-hmm. So you would literally need to do like. Avengers level title cards. It, like it goes, the yeah, first like, stage. It, a thousand years into the future. It, back to the past. It all goes back to the nineties. We need Wayne's World. That's the only way yep. you know. Only way you know. Uh let's uh get to well, Alden, do you have any moments? I might have uh, skipped on you on some of the moments. Anything that reached out, then we'll get into some of the bigger themes talk discussion. Yeah, there was a lot of those visuals with the elves. I'm a sucker for Tolkien's elves. I just find them to be so interesting. Mostly because I feel like I could fit into the other three main race categories, but I couldn't be an elf. I could easily be a dwarf. I could very easily be a hobbit, but I couldn't be a, an elf, and that's what attracts me to them. So Arandir, Arandir, this new character, yeah. um, sort of in the Tauriel spot of, like, we don't know anything about him because he's original. Uh, so he's exciting to me. He seems to have all of the best shot action sequences thus far. Um, seems to be a very active player. I know he's going to have a forbidden romance. That excites me because I love the Aragorn and Arwen story arc. So if we can echo that, Baron, Luthien, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so that's that's what stuck out to me the most. Is just anything with them, seeing them have dinner, Elrond, Celebrimbor, Gilgalad, um, all that stuff. I love dinner scenes. That's all I love. <laughs> dinner scenes. Uh, yeah, uh, Aaron Deere. Oh man, he's he's got some of the best shots in this trailer. Some of the the creepiest things going on. The chain here. flip. Oh, a lot slow of, chain flip. A lot of Looks things great. going on there. Alden, uh, well, there were some, as always, some big themes uh, in yeah. this trailer, and some that are echoing previous conversations and previous uh, main teaser reveals. But uh, take us through some of that as we uh, round out the discussion on Rings of Power. Yeah, the thing that fascinated me the most about this is that it is the most Sauron heavy thing we've had, which on a nice marketing level, it's telling everybody if there was any ambiguity about whether or not we were going to go to what you remember, let's get rid of that. Sauron, here's his name. We're going to hint at him a bunch, but they make it a point to express how he has many names and to have this now online conversation of, is that him or is it not? He's whoever he needs to be to succeed. He's sort of like a, a social climber, but on an evil goth level. And then we move that over into a conversation, thematic conversation with thematic back and forth with the good guys, where someone, one of these uh, women, whether it's, I said here, I'm not sure, whether it's Galadriel, whether it's Queen Muriel, the queen of the Numenorians, someone says, each of us must decide who we shall be. Mm. And that's a lack of ambiguity. That's truth. That's getting rid of uh, any sort of back and forth. Like, yes, we have like 80 languages, but who really are you? Because we're fighting somebody that does not abide by those rules. And so we have to have truth. And that, I think that that's really strong. Like you have to be able to come into your own. And that's very universal and inspiring for 
all kinds of viewers. Yeah, and, and Alden, you were pointing out even off off uh, air with me this idea of you know we're already facing Sauron who has many names, many forms. Uh, this quest for power uh, will we'll take him to wherever he wants to go to do what he has to do. Versus uh, you know on the light side, this idea of decide who you want to be, decide who you're going to be in this fight for evil, this evil that never sleeps. It's big stuff. It's classic stuff. We're not talking about brand new themes introduced. It's no, just very important. And we know how it goes. At least most of us. Yeah. Somewhere out there, there will be somebody that has never watched the Jackson films and watches this, which is yeah. just crazy. And I want what, to talk to that person. What, it's like when my friend was like, I, I showed my wife episodes one, two, and three, and she was really upset that kid became Darth Vader. I was jealous of her and that I, journey. That, shocks me yeah that type of yeah. stuff so but it's but for those of us that know mm-hmm. what defeats sauron at least ultimately at least besides you know frodo obviously but it's the idea of aragorn finally stopping the ruse yeah like become who you were born to be set aside the ranger everyone here has to do which that. is that they're in my some of my most depressed hours of my life i have watched return of the king just to get to that scene and then just watch it over and <laughs> just over and over. Immediately start bawling when the music, the it's, it's, it's bah, just and he's holding the sword. It's something I have faced in my own life about uh, knowing mm-hmm. I could be something, but I've run away from it. Or uh, the work the work scares me. Or just the depression is, is a haze that you have to battle through. And, and I, that's what I love. All these themes are timeless. They're, 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 they're replayed over and over in some of our modern myths. But this is why it's important. So, Alex Molly, we're talking big theme stuff here. What are you pulling from this trailer? What are you just excited to discuss in this show? in this big battle between good and, and evil. Man, I, like I haven't how thought much, about it that deeply at all. <laughs> it, yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. I was going to say, I like how much they use trees because mm-hmm. I understand how trees work and there's a lot too. of important trees in Lord of the Rings and like sometimes mm-hmm. they're dead and sometimes they're not dead and when they're not dead, that's a better time. Yeah. And sometimes they're super not dead and they literally walk and talk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. The opposite of that. Yeah, I mean, like, is. I, I saw. I, I thought it was orcs that grab Arandir at the end of this, but someone no. said, "What if it's ants?" Give me the mm. ant wives. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Isn't that wasn't that what Colbert said at uh, the Comic Con panel? Did he didn't he ask about ant wives? I thought I saw that somewhere yeah. in my drunken well, so Comic Con haze. So I happy about that. Yeah. I was so happy uh, well, to then, see him back. Like that's a necessary uh, ingredient. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and then they said something like, "You may have already seen one in the trailer." I don't know. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Alex, what's grabbing you here? Uh, we love discussing the why in Star Wars. There's some big whys in this series. Uh, man, I should have rewatched the trailer. Um, I, I guess, I mean, we already kind of talked about it, but just that idea of uh, staying diligent <laughs> and mm-hmm. making evil. sure evil doesn't rise again because Galadriel seems to be the only one on yeah. board with the idea that, no, the, the enemy is still out there and Elrond's like, put down your sword, come party with me and the dwarves. Like, which yeah. I'm really excited to see that too. Seeing Elrond and Durin like actually be buddies. And uh that's yeah. that's something I've just reread in the Silmarillion, that it's like Durin was the one that got the most friendly with the elves. And I'm like, good for all of you putting aside <laughs> your differences. Well, and, that dinner uh, scene that's yeah. that dinner scene has to be them celebrating the the mithril. Right, I've, I have no like idea. Cheersing. That's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. 
could very I think that well makes be. Sense. Yeah, no, the quote that emerged uh, that I in this trailer that I absolutely loved is "Together we can survive this," and that's uh, that's uh, that's again a timeless theme. There, I'm thinking even some of the stuff late in uh, Game of Thrones, season seven and eight, when you have characters like Davos and Jon Snow saying, "We must put aside our differences. There's more problems, bigger problems to deal with." And yeah, we do kind of know where some of this ends up. We do know where the dwarves go, the elves go, and everyone kind of you know has uh, has their fill of each other. But uh, again, to to just explore that theme in 2022 with swords and, and wizards and dragons is going to be pretty valuable, I would think. Um, anything else, Alden, that merged, uh, jumped out and emerged uh, for you? No, just building off of what Alex said, I mean, it connects with so much of what's relevant right now. You see it in Star Wars with people having ignored Leia and having you know branded her as a crazy in the Senate, and then we saw what happened. And same thing's happening here with Galadriel. It happens in Star Trek. Like, oh, we've never even seen a Romulan. Who cares? Um, you cannot turn a blind eye to these things, and that's such an important lesson that the stories keep blatantly telling us. And to to know that, I mean, it's just sad again to know that it takes like to it takes so long for this unity to happen for yeah. the friendship of Legolas and Gimli. It's going to be a long time before that's a thing, and that fourth age being a new era is yeah. thousands upon thousands of years off. And building off what you said, Ken, about your favorite quote of "Together we can survive this." It's like the narrator comes in and is like, you're a Numenorian. You don't. Yeah. Like, this is a doomed place. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, and I love the echoing, uh, yeah, Leia in the sequel era, uh, especially in the beginning, uh, you know, uh, being branded a warmonger because she's talking about uh, the evil has returned and actually never left. And you got Padme all through the prequel trilogy saying the truth and every Jedi mansplaining her theories and thoughts away, which are all correct. So the point is, Molly, we all should just listen to you today. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> She's like, you don't already? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Par for the course, where I'm from. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all right, any big final thoughts, Alex and Molly? Uh, we are uh, excited for Rings of Power. I'm so excited you are uh, excited for it. Uh, we, we know you spend a lot of time in the Star Wars world like us, but this is pretty fun. Any final big thoughts for this trailer as you head into uh, the show, which uh, debuts, what, September 2nd now? Gosh, I always forget. There's so many dates now. Yes. But oh, yes. yeah, it comes out while we were at Dragon Con. So. Yeah, we're going to have to figure oh. that out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Molly, uh, your final big thoughts on this uh, show and trailer. I'm I'm just so excited to see, because, like, one of my favorite things of, of the original trilogy is just the fellowship itself and seeing all these different kinds of people in this world have to work together for the greater good, and we're going to get to see that again with some familiar characters and some new characters. So that's what it's all about. Different people having to work together. I love that. Uh, Alex, you. I'm just excited, like I said, to see this as a story because so much of Tolkien's writing is hard to digest outside of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. And then uh, eventually they got children of Hurin and the fall of Gondolin published. But, you know, most of the story of the second age you have to get from the appendices or the untold tales or the letters that he wrote. Yeah. And uh, just to be able to see it linearly and uh, in a story fashion, I'm excited for that. Yeah. A great time to be a nerd. Uh, uh, no matter what your uh, uh, favorite uh, property is, great time. All the final big thoughts on this trailer. Uh, and and uh, did it do, in the end, did it do what it needed to do? I hate to use that word needed around these parts, but there's a lot of pressure on a billion-dollar show. Uh, this was the big trailer going into the show. How do you feel about it right now? 
Well, I think Jeff Bezos's blood boy will be paid. I think that he's going to be able to, <laughs> it's not going to fail. It's going to be successful. We're going to be able to keep him going. Uh, and, and I think that this show did for me, what I need, want, hope it would do, which is in a time where there's so many cynical narratives and people are bashing their heads against the wall because they can't figure out how to get a Superman movie off the ground, looks at the camera directly at Warner and the whole internet. Uh, it's like uh, to see something that's just unabashedly hopeful and unabashedly light and says things about finding light and all of that is just really necessary. And having it again for our purposes as our counter programming to the fall of this incestuous, awful, <laughs> burn them alive family on this side. Uh, I'm going to need both at the yeah. same time. I'm going to need the drama and then I'm going to need to come down with the Harfoots and yeah. Galadriel and just watch niceness. It's yes. And perhaps a little more clothes on in one of the shows than the other, but we'll see. We'll see. Perhaps, perhaps. we can hope that the Weren't Harfoots just get down. There were, there was a, was a big, I, I was remember a that a while talk. back. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there was yeah. an intimacy coordinator uh, was hired for Lord of the Rings. That was known. There's some discussions around it. And that kind of prompted some of the discussions from the, the showrunners to say, hey, you know, family friendly. Maybe, maybe there's yeah. some smooching with the lights off, but you know, family friendly, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying no to it. You know what I mean. You it could happen. It could happen. Uh, beautiful right. people beautiful with swords. People. That's that's it. You know, just a bunch of free love in the Middle Earth world. See, you know. Uh, on that note, on that wonderful awkward note that I've created for myself here, we're going <laughs> to transition to a show where mm -hmm. we're probably going to see some clothes off. House of the Dragon. Alex and Molly, like I said before, you're welcome to stick around. We're going to take some live calls here. Uh, we got people checking in. We're going to take questions of the audience. I know you're both uh, Game uh, Game of Thrones fans as well. You're welcome to stay. But if you got to go, you know, I don't know, live your lives. You can do that. <laughs> I think uh, we we have a date with the television ourselves. <laughs> it is almost ten here. That is right. I yes, forget. I, I'm blessed to be almost seven o'clock in beautiful Burbank. But I know you all three are on the East Coast. So uh, there Mr. you go. Uh, yeah, Mr. Burbank, indeed. Uh, we really appreciate <laughs> you coming by, uh, shining a light here on the uh, channel, the podcast, as we get ready to cover these shows. And I hopefully, hopefully, not the last time we see you around these parts. You open invitation to come back at any time. I definitely talk about the show when it's actually on. <laughs> Yes. Love that. Love that. All and right. when he doesn't have to edit and publish the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, while Andor's, let's do it before Bad Batch starts. Let's that, do that's, that. That's, yeah. 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 It's going to be an interesting, fun fall around these parts if you're a nerd podcaster. Well, uh, Alex and Molly of Star Wars Explained, thank you so much for watching. You all can follow them and watch their channel, Star Wars Explained. We'll throw some links in this uh, video when I uh, republish it or re get it out there after it's live. Thank you all, my friends. Have a good night. See you. Thanks, guys. Oh, there we go. Let's get that Alex out of there. Uh, you know, good folks, those Damons. Good folks, those Damons, Alda. Yeah, I think they they have a future in this whole content thing, Yeah, personally. They, they should do some YouTube stuff there. Uh, uh, there you go. Uh, we are going to talk House of the Dragons. If you are a Patreon supporter of mine, which is a little separate from Castle Talk, but it all kind of falls under there, I've put a StreamYard link over there in the Discord. You're welcome to call in live. But in the time remaining here, Alden and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones at San Diego Comic-Con, which is a thing. That's our tradition. I always talk the stories especially 2013, 2014, 2015, 
uh, staying in the same hotel with the cast and just the cr- craziness around there being at parties where, you know, I was, I, I got introduced to, to Kit Harrington and Richard Madden, like my first comic, my first night in comic con. And they were crazy. It was like meeting rock stars on another level. And then George R. R. Martin walked into one of the parties and like the entire party stopped. And so I associate game of Thrones with comic con. So it was fun. Alden, I'll start the conversation here to just see, that there was a presence, it was a Hall H presence, and it was highly anticipated and very well received. Uh, did you get that feeling from afar, and how do you feel about that Comic-Con tradition? I think that it is. it speaks to a special sort of place in our culture of, of knowing sort of how we associate these properties with seasons, like how Star Wars became very wintry yep. over the past few years. Game of Thrones does have that spring summer transition sort of just like sort of locked into my mind probably because of comic-con and so to see the pop-up uh that they had set up that is the red keep and everything that they did and i mean i I love seeing like cm punk sitting on the iron throne with all the aew wrestlers around him like that makes me feel like ah look at celebrities with the throne again like that to me it's such a surface like silly way to feel like we're back but that was a part of it. it was Yep. Everyone. I mean, even they invited, there was a story like Benioff and Weiss invited Queen Elizabeth to sit on it. Yeah. And she declined because she's prohibited from sitting on a, on a different throne. <laughs> hey, like, like I branding. love stuff like that. Gotta so I, I, more of that uh, makes it feel right. <laughs> Got to protect that branding. Uh, great stuff here. They had a full extended trailer, the one they showed in Hall H. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched that, you know, I, I gotta be honest, I could see, I, some of the new stuff jumped out at me, but it was nothing that was, I thought, uh, groundbreaking yeah. or changing, uh, game changing. I think we're just ready for the show to drop. Did you watch any of the Hall H panel highlights or see the panel? I did. Yeah. I watched, uh, a few, well, a few postings, a few parts. Um, I'm sure by now somebody has probably the full one in HD. It's always just a scramble. It's, it's to up. See I, yeah, I saw. I saw one today. You get to hear a lot of crowd talking. At one point, someone says, "We should move," and you know, but you still get to watch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, but it, it was a great vibe. I, again, I think that everything that's come out of this uh, recently and and at Comic Con, um, these creators, I think, are really good communicators, which is a difficult skill. Yeah, and it's a difficult skill to master. Sometimes artists are they speak through their work and that's fine. And that's totally cool. Um, but I think that this, this cast and these creators have been really good about uh, staying on message, but hey. yeah, it's been solid. Hey, hey uh, we got our first live question coming in here. Uh, we are uh, uh, right now broadcasting live on the YouTube channel. If you're listening later on the podcast, uh, don't forget to uh, take us in on both spots. We're going to have some ex- YouTube exclusive content, some House of the Dragon uh, prep videos uh, coming your way shortly. Uh, so we'll always recognize that there's two different mediums that you can enjoy us in. But right now, she is the host of many podcasts, including the Galactic Podcast, looking at the Star Wars world. Uh, she uh, promised some juicy questions. So, Lauren Romo is here. How you doing, Romo? It's fun to talk Game of Thrones with you. I know. Aldi, what's going on, buddy? How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, Yeah, Game of Thrones. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. Where where are you at? Where are you at right now? Where are you at with this? Yeah, so for me, I'm definitely not... I haven't read any of the books, so Mm -hmm. I am very much in the mind frame kind of like what molly was talking about with lord of the rings like i'm not material like i'm just strictly yeah. tv show like that's my entry so i'm very excited to get back into westeros like i am so excited to get back into this world of just the political the political likeness of it 
the magic, the the sci-fi energy. Like, I'm just so excited, ready to get back into Westeros. Like, I'm just so pumped. Yeah. So, I the one thing that I loved about the trailer, I know you guys were talking about it, is the... <laughs> The, the commonality between Andor in this trailer with the drums and the bells. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, put a mm-hmm. good drum or bell beat, you got me at a trailer. Like, I was sold so hard. Mm-hmm. That music was so good in this trailer, and I think that's really a big thing for me because I love the music of the of the show. Like, I know you guys are big on themes and music. Like, mm-hmm. that was really good. Like, the music was just so good in this last trailer. Like yeah. 100%. It continues to be something I'm so excited about with uh, Raman Jawadi and seeing what he's uh, might have done with the trailer. And I got to tell you, I've stopped. I have not researched anything of can I listen to the music anywhere? Is that is mm-hmm. that trailer the one that's going to be the theme or is it just trailers? I have not mm-hmm. because I kind of want to be surprised and Will McClain and Chat's got a question here saying do we think the intro thing is with a map thing or something different? And we uh, Alden and I kind of touched upon it last week. I'm never, I never want to feel entitled or act entitled but I kind of got this, if you don't show me some sort of map and some sort of similar <laughs> music with those drubs, I'm going to have a little second of all right. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll have to accept what's here because the music is so good. Uh, Alden, I know you're kind of in the same boat. Absolutely. I mean, just to echo everything that you said, Lauren, like the the whole build of those drums puts you in the mood. I mean, again, like you, like Ken, like I'm a sucker for the right musical choices, the right needle drop. Um, you know, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy three teaser. Yeah. Uh, they used flaming lips in it, and even though it wasn't released, <laughs> once they said they'd used it, I was like, oh, really? that's good. It's going to break my heart. Uh, so it's like, you know, it worked here and I'm in the same spot too, where I, I joked last week, I've, I've lost sleep thinking about, is mm-hmm. it going to be a Game of Thrones sort of like Targaryen remix? Like, what are they going to, like, how is it going to be? Are you going to show me yeah. the same sort of map shots, but to communicate to the viewer what's changed and what hasn't? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very, if they didn't get Jawadi, I'd be really nervous for a new person. But, you know, thankfully... Yeah. Is a rock star. Yeah, no, it's look, like John yeah. Williams in Star Wars, right? Yeah, like that's what it's Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Lauren, Lauren, I cut you off. I'll, I'll kick it back no, to you. No, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm always open to new composers. I, I love what Natalie Holt did. Uh, Louis Gornson and and Mandalorian has just been groundbreaking. You know, but it, you know, John is John. John Johnny Williams. <laughs> uh, he's done some good things. So uh, Ramajwadi and and I've I've seen the Game of Thrones in concert twice now, and it's just like. Mm. The dude is a rock star. At one point, he goes out there with the guitar and just wails with the guitar solo and some of the stuff. He's a rock star, and uh, mm-hmm. it just it just feels right. So, Lord, I think it was great to bring up the music there. I, I, before you have any more questions for us, Lauren, I, I want to mm-hmm. throw something back to you. I, I love where you are as a fan. As hey, I you know I haven't taken the deep dive into the books. I love the show. I live in that world. I'm excited it's back. Do you? How are you feeling going in with uh, these Targaryens and names that might be new to you? At least their first names. If you know, if even if you're familiar with the last names, how are you feeling right now uh, in terms of the lore and the world that you're about to climb back into. Yeah, I'm excited because I think the Targaryens have always been one of those families, even in Game of Thrones. You know, obviously we knew Danny, and then obviously her brother and obviously we know later on John is within that family but like we just hear of these stories of these people with dragons who conquered Westeros. So now that we get to like kind of see it or live in a world where this family is dominating, not just like ruling, but like dominating this entire world, like with a lot of dragons. That's going to yeah. be cool. I mean, you sold me on the idea of 
like having a show on them. But like now it's really going to be interesting because now it feels like to me just watching the trailer, it's like the the beginning of the downfall of this family. So like we're at like seeing them at their peak and now it's slowly going down because of this in, you know, this internal family struggle that it seems to me that we're going to be getting. And obviously the plot, the politics, yeah. oh, I can't wait to get back to the game of Thrones politics. Like, yeah. I love that so much. We, we are, uh, depend the show's got some, you know, some starting points and some timeline and time lapsing mm-hmm. and jumping and everything. We know that, mm-hmm. but basically, essentially you're talking about a 70 year era of peace, uh, with Jaharis, who was the father of Viserys uh, the first, uh, following Megor the Cruel, who was just a, a, a horrible, tyrannical piece of bleep. So uh, the realm sets <laughs> of peace, and, and that uh, that uh, is that peace real? Is it a false peace? And that's all the stuff that's there. I love that there. Love where you are with that. And uh, Big Lou has another question here. And then, uh, Lauren, uh, I know you probably have some more questions to ask here tonight. But uh, Big Lou says, Arya Tywin at Harrenhal is one of my favorite mm. sequences, which is mm. wonderful. It is show yeah. only, and it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, is the characters already talking about that scene, the ones who are in this show? Uh, not necessarily. She's mostly talking about Aegon, Visenya, and Radies, right? It's been yeah. a couple years since I watched season two, right, Alden? I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. It sounds right. Again, I'm not, I, I, it's also been a little bit for me, but I, I'm pretty sure this was like way back, like your earliest names. Yeah. Um, yeah. So talk about Aegon and his sisters, uh, which is the, 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 the conquering, which is uh, roughly, we're looking at uh, about a hundred years or so uh, from uh, the start of this show. Uh, the, the conquest, uh, Aegon's con- conquest being about 300 years prior to the events of Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones, Lou. So you're about 200 years before Game of Thrones and you're about a hundred years removed from some of the stuff that Arya's talking about. But that said, uh, they're at Heron Hall, which is a castle, a, a, a place we're going to see in this show. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. see a lot of King's Landing, and it's uh, going to be familiar territory, just going to look uh, shiny and new in some spots. So, Yeah, and for that conversation to bring up Arya is important um, in a lot of ways with Rhaenyra being the the focus here. I, I spent some time with Rhaenyra uh, a couple days ago for a video you're all going to see soon here on the yeah. channel. Um, and just being in there, there's so many parallels of because I, I could not control the circumstances of my birth. I was right. born a princess. I was born a lady. It's not my fault. I have all these interests. I have all this stuff. And Arya always connected with those people. So even if Rhaenyra wasn't one of the, the names, uh, we're going to draw that parallel a lot. Um, which is exciting. Absolutely. The spiritual canon, emotional canon will be there as much. Yeah. The B- Big Lou says, thanks so much. So many of the names sound so alike. Yes. Between, <laughs> uh, between Rings of Power and House of the Dragon, there's going to be a lot of uh, what now who? That is also who now? Uh, and, uh, or just repeated, which and, is even funnier to me. Like yep. the ones that sound similar are bad enough. But it's like if, if like someone just decided in your family, Ken, like I'm naming my son Ken Napsok. The second, yeah. even without your consent, yeah. <laughs> like without you, it, it, it's uh, it's uh, like George Foreman naming his his five sons George Foreman one two three four five uh, or whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, this is great. Prince Michael Jackson the first yeah. and Prince it's Michael all Jackson there. the and, second. And again, for those who are watching, we love uh, this world. We love the details. We know uh, so many of the details. I've studied the maps, but we want to approach House of the Dragon much like we approach uh, Game of Thrones, which is just uh, taking fans of all levels of interest. All are welcome. Big table here, and I. I don't want anyone in our chat to feel like you have to know all the exact details. We're going to take this show kind of as it lays, uh, and we're going to take the themes that are presented every week, and we're going to have fun with the characters as we kind of uh, discover and rediscover.
discover this world for ourselves here. Uh, you know <laughs> what I mean? Lou. <laughs> Big Lou. <laughs> Big Lou says, there are five Louis in my family. I am the middle one. So then there you go. Louis the third. Yeah, uh, there you are. Uh, Robo, any other uh, thoughts? Any other big questions in your mind coming out of this Comic-Con weekend? Huge stuff. Just huge. Can't wait to get back into this world. But, okay, so obviously you guys are really deep lore you guys know a lot about the stories and i know this is correct me if i'm wrong based off of blood and fire the the book is flip it and reverse it fire and blood fire volume and blood. one fire and yeah. blood fire and blood yeah. so this is kind of following that book a little bit so for me as a viewer that again have not read the books i like i'm tempted to start like getting into it but then i'm like well do i want to hold back and be surprised like i was with the show Game of Thrones without not going into yeah. that. So like as like again as somebody that you guys know the material and probably know maybe some surprises that might happen. Mm-hmm. Like do you do you do you tell people like me like yeah, read it or like eh, hold off, wait a minute until like the show comes out and then maybe at this get into point it. at this point we're so close I almost might say hold mm-hmm. off on Fire and Blood. And the question of reading Fire and Blood without reading Song of Ice and Fire or even some of the other, you know, Dunkin' Egg and all that kind of stuff, I don't know. You know, read it all. Read it all, I guess, eventually right. you can get there. Right. I think you're so close. The only thing about Fire and Blood, it is a history book, and it reads like a fun, you know, engaging history book. And and this is the story that jumps out. This is one I, I, I told, uh, told a friend, like, hey, this is the part of Fire and Blood that you're turning the page going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. So this is a juicy mm-hmm. part of the story. Um, but yeah, I think you're so close. Hold off because then you might, and you might not be disappointed if you don't get to see mushroom. That's all I'll say. <laughs> That's all I'll say. That's yeah. That's it's, it's stuff like that too, where even the most, like the three of us, we're all open and accepting fans of the things we love. And if they make a change, it's, we just, we just examine the change. You know, I'm not going to be upset about the change, but with adaptations, I I do caution my friends a lot, and I practice it too. Like I chose to watch Hunger Games, not read it, mm-hmm. because I know that even the most accepting person, in the back of your brain, you you become conditioned in in positive ways, even. But that mm-hmm. positive way um, could cause just a little bit of deflating sometimes, not in a, in a bad way. But if you really love that scene, then that's the thing they change. You want to be able to take it on its terms. So like I told people before Thor Love and Thunder just now a couple weeks ago, do not read The God Butcher to try to find out more about Christian Bale's character because this is Taika Waititi and he's going to Taika it and it's not going to be what you thought. And and not everyone listened to me and those people had those thoughts. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Bill, Bill Bill Braggins in chat says, honestly, I too decided to hold off on Reef Fire and Blood until after the first season. I enjoyed the experience of watching GOT Blind for the first two years. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. You can enjoy in different ways. I I was a show uh, first book as as the seasons happen thing, which I've explained on Cashly Talk before. And so I had two wonderful different experiences, being completely surprised by the Red Wedding and also sitting there smugly knowing what was going to happen to the Red Vipers. So <laughs> uh, you can experience both. The thing I was, gonna, I was starting to get into about Fire and Blood, it is a history book of sorts um you could almost start reading it and get some of the other history the conquest and all that kind of stuff and i don't feel it would take too much away from this show you would just maybe mm. feel a little bit more immersed uh and then by the time you get to the 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 civil war you might hold off um uh that's one way to look at it but yeah you, you can't you can't be hurt either way lauren that's what i would say right no that's good no that, that's good to know because again yeah. it's one of those lore type of 
stories and just how George has written this series. Like, it's just so deep. Like, it's like, where do I dive in? Like, do I read, like you're saying, the Song of Ice and Fire? Do I read this first to know kind of more about this, the Song of Ice and Fire? You know, so it's just a very interesting. Do I watch kind of... Phantom Menace? Do I watch New Hope? <laughs> it is sort of the what same. Order, sort of like, do I yeah. watch it? In? <laughs> I tell people that too. With um, very rarely do I feel like order matters, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe a, a Martin, a Song of Ice and Fire diehard will disagree with me. I don't think that order matters for Song of Ice and Fire, Fire and Blood, or even there's even a textbook. Mm-hmm. That's like textbook, textbook, world of ice and fire, Lauren. Yeah, that I'm, is I'm, the loose, it's like looser. Yeah. B- b- so, it, and it's more, way yeah. more than just Targaryen. So, like, that might even be like a nice, like, coffee table sort of buffet for you to sort of go. Through. Actually, you know, World of Ice and Fire is a great book. It's a it's a bigger book, uh, at least the, the the version I have. Uh, it's one of those you yeah. got to kind of you you can squish tofu with it uh, if you need to drain your tofu. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's actually a good kind of if you if you're just Lauren, if you're at the point like, "Hey, I'm ready to to get into this world. Uh, I don't want to feel super super lost some of the names and some of the histories. The World of Ice and Fire or even I I use the World of Ice and Fire app. Uh, which is uh, mostly attached to to George's lore and George's uh, book world, but it uh, without a doubt it's going to bleed over to Game of Thrones. So I think we'll bleed over to House of the Dragon, and that's just kind of fun. You know, bring up a map, bring up, uh, type in uh, Hall. I want to read about that tonight, and that's just kind of a fun. If you're looking to distract yourself on a phone or an iPad, that's what I use uh, a lot too. Yeah, but thankfully this is all. We joke about Star Wars because we all love it and we all have shows, but the. It's thankfully it's not like that. I'm glad it's not. Like if they like, will I ever say no to the Roberts Rebellion TV show? God no. I would watch that in a second. <laughs> but that would make this conversation more complicated because it's so close. Yeah. Then you know I would have people like my buddy uh, Trey from Skywalking Through the League. He asked me, "Can I just start House of the Dragon because I didn't watch GOT?" And I was like, "Thankfully yes, because yeah. it's it's far enough away." Mm-hmm. But if if there were crossover characters, I'd be like, "Ah, not really, yeah. unfortunately." Yeah. I really recommend this. Yes, you can start with Force Awakens, but I really do recommend. Like, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a doctor yeah. this time. I love being able to be like, go, go. Just go, just go. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. Lauren, any final mm-hmm. thoughts or questions uh, before we move on here? No, I mean, just, God, I'm so excited to get back to this world. I mean, I, I am with both of you. I think we all really loved the last few seasons of Game of Thrones. I did, yes. You know, post out of the books, like you know, so like I... I'm so excited, so pumped. I mean, there's obviously rumors of that John so John Snow show possibly coming. So like, just more Game of Thrones for me. I'm super excited, and super pumped to get back into the world of yeah. George R. R. Martin's crazy kind of crazy thoughts. And yeah. will he finish the book? Will he not finish the book? You know, that's always that's you always know? a fun debate to read on 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 Twitter. Is will he finish? Yeah, yeah. Will will, will he finish the books? Yeah, George. Uh, he brings it up all the time, but I still haven't seen a book. So no, we right. tease, we tease, <laughs> we tease. Uh, Lord, mm-hmm. thanks so much for calling in. We really appreciate you, uh, folks. Give uh, Lord a follow at Low Row Nose. Listen to her many podcasts, but the uh, Galactic Podcast is a great uh, podcast for Star Wars out there as well. Lord, thank you so much. Thanks, pals. 
All righty. Lauren. Lauren is here. Is uh, good calls, but we got uh, another caller coming here. We got about 10 minutes left live here in the show. If you're watching, if you're listening later, we appreciate you listening. Right now, we got uh, the man with the hair, and uh, we got the man with the beard. He looks like a Game of Thrones character. Love him. He's one of our uh, dedicated uh, longtime listeners here. Going back to Daily Thrones, which he corrected me in chat, was actually 2017, not 2018. It's Ranger Donald. How are you? You there, my friend. Good. Real good. Yeah, 2017. Listen to my in my car. I'm doing my security job every day. Yeah. Reading the books. There That's you go. It's all started. Daily Thrones it's, emerging. It's and, too long ago. And like uh, yeah, Ranger Donald used to call in. Uh, Thomas the Tall, uh, Thomas Rissling, and Eric Monroe, and Alden Diaz used to call in. I do recall, uh, but you know, back in the days, back when Alden liked me, it was it was back when time. I was young and had promise. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm here. Now you're here. Now you're here. This is the, this is the wall. Now I'm here on the wall. <laughs> y'all got y'all got sent to the wall with me. I apologize for that. Uh, Ranger Donald, how you feeling right now? You hyped the BTS videos, the Hall Age panel, the extended trailer. Where's your Where's your mind take you tonight? I watched all of it every second it came out. Mm. About a nine excitement level. I won't be a ten till it comes out finally. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So yeah, when it's finally this, here. Yeah. Any but, questions? Any questions? Uh, the themes, really. Yeah. It's, we didn't get that part of it yet. Okay. Mm. I, t- I took a sip mm. of my water, and the water splashed back <laughs> up into my eye. All done. I almost fell down, and you had to take the flag going forward. Yeah. There's, we don't stop the show for anything. <laughs> if, if Ken goes out on his sword on the air, it only helps the algorithm. So, no, yeah. I, I mean, themes-wise, I mean, I mean, gosh, like, where do you even start? I mean, like, it, with, with Rings of Power, to its benefit, it's not an insult. Um, wears its themes really on its sleeve. But over here, you've got these people that are mostly duplicitous and mostly keeping their stuff to themselves. Thankfully, Rhaenyra and Viserys are very uh, you know, focused on in the promo. And so with Viserys, there's a lot of the difference between familial love, but also love for the realm, but also what's right for the job, uh, versus Rhaenyra, who's having these you know, gender role battles, these societal battles, all that really excites me. Yeah. But I'm really excited for the hints of other people um, and what they might bring to the table thematically. I can't fully speak to it yet because it's, you know, still early, but like we haven't heard a lot from Otto in these trailers, but yeah. he has a presence that sort of hangs over all of it. Yeah. So where, where is he going to fall in the great lineage of schemers yeah. uh, that we've had? I love that, too. One of the things that emerged for me uh, out of the Hall H panel, uh, and, and there were some stories on it. I can't remember if it was uh, Olivia Cook or the other performer portraying Allison, but the idea of uh, Allison is not the villain in this story. And mm. I think it's easy right now, especially if you're familiar with a little bit of the tale, but even in the trailer, a lot, a lot of the focus on, is on Rhaenyra, as it should be. A lot of the focus is on Viserys, at least in season one, as it should be. But yeah, you got Alicent here, who's kind of like, I, you know, I feel uh, my son might have a claim in, in, as good as anyone else, uh, and uh, I shall not be overlooked here, and, and I don't think it's necessarily fair, and I don't think it, it's been a ton of the discourse, but this idea, I think I think Alden and, and Donald, I think I even found myself guilty of it, of well, Allison's going to be here to all mess things up because she's going to want her she's own She's the Cersei power. of this show, right? That's what we no. all that, – that everybody ad- thinks she's going to be and yeah. Otto's Tywin and – Yes, yes, and, and you're right, and that emerged from that, that great article. Uh, but I loved Hall H kind of being like, yeah, there's there's certainly shades of that, but she's not just the straight-up villain because that doesn't really exist in the show. So anyways, that's one of the things I love, uh, one of those themes there. Uh, Ranger uh, Donald, really? what's jumping out to you? 
the theme really is patriarchy and gender. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Who's really the right fit for this chair, really? Mm-hmm. Will it be a man or is it a woman? But, hey, we always go towards a man because he's a man. We're not going to get a woman here because we can't. Nobody will trust her. We don't listen to her decisions and stuff like that. And they have a big war between, of course, we're going to see that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I love building off of that how we, the viewers, know more than the characters do in terms of, uh, like, all these guys underestimating the women around them. But it's the women that have been the power players in big ways, uh, cue the Sept of Baylor exploding, but also sm- small, uh, subtle ways throughout the original show. And so we're coming in now into this prequel. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of new people, but there's going to be a lot of us returning people that will take our knowledge in. And to hear all these discussions, like you're saying, about the throne being wrapped up in patriarchy, but also in this power that allows the patriarchy to dominate the dragons, knowing how all of that ends up turning. I mean, with a dragon destroying the throne as a woman rules, like it's their house ends up in an entirely different place Um, to see it here is going to be very compelling. Yeah. This is a very uh, timely theme in 2022. Unfortunately, I think it's something Mm -hmm. that's uh, not easily, um, you know, changed. Unfortunately, again, as we're seeing in our own world, this idea of uh, not just the patriarchy, but just, just, just traditions and standards and these silly things that hold so many people back, uh, not just uh, of genders, but of, of, of uh, all kinds of, uh, of oppression going on out there to see it in this world, to see it play out in this sword, and sandal kind of environment that we all kind of love. I think this show, and 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 shows going to always have some things. There's already some stuff out there about hey how they might deal with some of the sexual violence and everything. And and, and I think everyone's right to look at it and maybe be a little dubious based on some of the big fumbles in in, in the in the previous series. But we have some showrunners and some cast members being really open and honest with what these big themes are and seeing the world that because we do kind of know the end we do know that the realm does not want a queen that the the realm doesn't want to allow this and and the men are willing to burn it down and to try to analyze it from that and just kind of see i'm curious to see how they just kind of deal with uh the destruction caused by the fact that people just simply can't acknowledge uh and allow a, a, a woman to be uh, in the position of power, a woman on the throne in this land. I think that's going to be a big overriding theme in 2022 into 2023. It's going to be an interesting discussion around this show. But at the same time, mm-hmm. is Rhaenyra right for the throne? We know right. in the books, she's really not all there. In, some, in younger years, she calls the realms delight. As she gets older, yep. they, she gets more power, hungry, more mm-hmm. turmoil. And is she really right for that? Yeah. Or yeah. somebody else. Which could I be mean, her, her close alliance with her uncle, who is yeah. controversial, uh, to, yeah, <laughs> to say the least. Not Damon. Damon's not going to get it. Yeah. He's, even he's, though he wants he's it. Not the right personality type. That's for sure. I mean, it comes yeah. back to that Targaryen coin flip. And we, yeah. we know so much about them that they don't know about themselves and where they're going and where they've been. And it's, it's exciting to see. And in terms of, you know, this, this throne having all this power over people. It's also a story of generations, which I love. Yeah. I love that even though we haven't seen a lot of Rainies, there's that air of, yeah, I already got passed up. You know, trust an older woman when I tell you that it's never going to change and the X, Y, Z and how the experiences of the parent generation trickle down and how they continue to trickle down when you become the parent generation because we're going to see young Allison, but then we're going to see Allison the mom and yeah. how Allison the mom changes. And Absolutely. that's going to be interesting too. 
Uh, great comment here from Bilbo Braggins live in chat. I legitimately think Song of Ice and Fire is the best fantastical, fantastical prism to observe our own action, actual modern-day problems. I, I, I love that. You say it better than I could, uh, Bilbo, but uh, I, that's that thing when I keep saying... And Star Wars, Star Wars, especially if you watch the prequels, it can tie into the politics of, of uh, uh, the 2015-16 era and into present day and the politics of the 70s and all that kind of stuff without a doubt. But I really do believe Star Wars and Lord of the Rings uh, and a lot of those type of franchises deal with what could come, deal with the choices that are in front of you and what you could do to make the world better. And there's that great power in that. That's why Star Wars uplifts me every day. But I, re- I am pulled in by the murky waters of Game of Thrones because it just makes me even question my own decisions and what I want to do better and how I look at things. And that's why the series and world uh, stays with me. Uh, even the ugliness in it, and I do uh, I do understand that sometimes the show, or the previous show, and, and perhaps this one will have some fumbles along the way. I, I don't want them to, but it's possible. Uh, but I still think that this will um, help uh, help uh, if it's if it's if if you want to look at it that way, it can help you look at this world a little bit differently and look at your own place in it. But I don't know. Maybe that's just big pie in the sky dreams, Alton. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have a lot of pie in the sky dreams. Uh, and I have, <laughs> with, and with I have dreams of just pie made by hot pie. It's it's all it's all there. That's reasonable and attainable, which I think is the important thing. You're not you're not looking for power, really, in real life. <laughs> just momentary satisfaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I love that. All uh, excuse me, Donald. Any other final thoughts here uh, tonight as we uh, start to wrap this up and uh, as we head towards the show, August twenty first. Almost here. No, uh, just the favorite quote is Viserys' dream line about Ooh, dream yeah. of a thousand hosts racing and swords clashing and she looks sprinkling. Can't wait to hear the rest of that speech as it yep. goes along. That's a great but. point. Ranger Don, I love that point. That's, that's been one of my favorite parts of the trailer so far. Just uh, and, and even just, I, I'm really. Uh, I'm a fan of Patty Considine, uh, including his music from Riding the Low, great band. Uh, but I just, I just love the Tony strike, and I love what everything he's saying about this king uh, as we start to go into this uh, period of time, and, and this man who is kind, but that does not does not necessarily make a a good ruler. We've seen that kind of uh, play out in Game of Thrones in other ways, but uh, even I, I've talked about even the tone in his voice. There's something that is sweet, calm, and that makes me nervous in the world of Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. Uh, so I, I, uh, I, I agree with you on that one there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ranger Donald and uh, uh, Bilbo Bagginson agrees with you there. The quote is great. Chills indeed. All right, Donald, uh, thank you for calling in tonight. We always appreciate you. And I, I've been appreciating you calling in since 2017. I'll get it right this time. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right. All then we are wrapping up uh, the uh, show here tonight. Final thoughts from you. And one of the big things I want to get from you in your final thoughts is coming out of this big event. Comic-Con is back. It came back. I, you know, like Palpatine, Comic-Con return. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there's Marvel's always going to dominate the conversation. They're just great at it. Hall H is what it is. But this is a tradition. Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, World of Ice and Fire, Comic-Con, Rings of Power needed this big trailer how you feeling coming out of this comic-con weekend into these shows spoiled i feel so spoiled i feel very it's a very heartening few days even from home which is sort of the power of these Mm -hmm. stories and these events where i mean i got obviously everything in the marvel presentation i got uh more star trek strange new worlds i got rings of power i got house of the dragon like i am 
living right now. We even got this small Andor and Acolyte snippets yep. sprinkled in there. Yep. So it just it feels really just creatively invigorated. Um, I think particularly for fantasy, sword and sorcery fantasy, the moment right now that's happening is unique in a, in a way where it's almost having a superhero boom where the superhero boom happened and has sustained now for 20 years, um, which is not an insult. I'm for it. And I don't think there's going to be a bubble burst, um, but fantasy while, yeah. hasn't had that in a long, long time. And so to have this rings of power trailer, just knock my socks off house of the dragon. I've been excited for have loved diving into it with you here. Um, and then to throw in, Dungeons and Dragons, and it looks great. And then yeah. to throw in uh, Willow coming in the fall, and yeah. we're slowly picking back up again. Mm-hmm. On Casually Talk, neither of us have watched Witcher. I'm sure people in the comments probably have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're saying it started with Witcher. And you know what? You're right. Uh, yeah. And other people that say it started with Outlander, you're right too. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Wheel of Time, gonna have into a second yeah. season. It's 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 a great time, and which is what George R. R. Martin keeps saying: Stop pitting me against these shows. I want them all to win. I might want to win one more award than the rest of them, but I want all of the yeah. shows to win awards. Yeah, because why does he? Why did he write this? He wrote it because he loved this stuff. Because he read Tolkien. Because he read Stan Lee comics. Like so, it, it all comes back around. And so we're thriving. And like I said, when we had Alex Amalion for the ring segment. I just like that nobody is like fans make competition narratives. Yeah. Creators don't usually. Uh, and none of these shows are aiming to be the same thing. Like the Dungeons and Dragons movie is an action comedy fantasy. Right. Whereas the rings of power is a family high fantasy. Whereas uh, house of the dragon is a political intrigue fantasy and, and a family drama. Um, and we'll see what, you know, other, other things bring down the road, but I'm, all for this. It almost makes me sad that the Dark Crystal show came a little too early. It feels That's right. like. That's right. That's right. Another one as Maybe well. that could have sustained, but. Good time to roll your 20 sided die and enjoy this fantasy world in front of us here. Uh, great stuff. As always, Alden, thank you so much. Uh, probably this will be our show for the week. We'll be back next week. Uh, still want the, the Game of Thrones rewatch is still going on. We got a big one coming up there. We got some special videos that Alden and I are working on to put here exclusively on the YouTube channel. Uh, so you can look forward to that. And of course, the podcast, if you're out there uh, listening uh, in the podcast uh, world, uh, go ahead and uh, give us a, a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those kind of things. Help the show. Uh, get back to the podcast. Get back to where it was at the end of season eight we were riding high at the end of season eight uh and then understandably people were like oh cool game of thrones is over it's not we got this entire world back to crawl into and dig around so alden thank you sir tell them all where uh you can be found and if they want to hear you talk star wars yeah you can find me personally on twitter and instagram at that alden diaz t-h-a-t-a-l-d-e-n-d-i-a-z find me on octa radio star wars podcast where we have three different shows one of them is the main interview show tory fox's show is coming back soon with uh a visual Kenobi costumes and sort of like mythos deep dive into all of the design choices. We also have a rebels rewatch, which I do with my friend, Nikki Kumar, who's in the comments right now. Hi Nikki. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's an exciting time on Octa radio. And what I can say is that I'm working on something really, really huge. that I'm really, really proud of already. And it's exciting. Um, aside from that, that's a, yeah. A one and done film club which I also do find that. And then, yeah, look forward to some special character explainers 
that we're going to be doing. Yeah, we're going to get you all prepped for House of the Dragon. As for me, you can follow me at Catnapsuck or go to catnapsuck.com. Got some comedy coming up this weekend if you're local at Flappers in Burbank. As I said up at the top of the show, and you can see right up above us there in the overlay, we do finally have that Twitter page. I About three years too late, but I have it. And then we'll work for some <laughs> more social media. But it's just an easy way to find us, easy way to connect with us. Just look for us on Twitter at Casterly Talk. That is it for this week, my friends. We've had a lot of fun talking about this world of ice and fire and the rings of power. We'll see you next time here on Casterly Talk. <laughs>